it's the herd mentality. Like you can tell people who think like that are surrounded by other people who think like that. Yes. Because right? if you're surrounded by people who are positive and uplifting and outgoing and they're go-getters, and then you're the negative Nancy of the group, at some point you're gonna pull away from that group. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am really excited for today's guest. We have Robert Foster, who is a man of incomparable strength and resilience. Being someone who has been through his fair share of hardships, he was able to walk away with a deeper understanding of his life's purpose. His passion is now showing others how to embrace public speaking, owning their failures in life, and reaching for success despite facing obstacles. And you guys know, because of the things that we talk about on this show, that this is the stuff that I am all about. So I'm so excited to get this started. Really quickly, before we bring Robert in, this show's brought to you by Success Development Solutions. If you are somebody who has thought, I'll be happy when, or you think that sometime down the future, something's gonna happen that's gonna fix all of the problems that you've been putting in your compartmentalization box, believe me, I've been there and it doesn't work that way. The Design Your Life Mastermind is meant to help you gain the resources that you need in order to start to see the success that you want to have. Click on the Calendly link underneath this video and let's have a conversation about how to get you to the place that you want to be. With that being said, let's go ahead and get this interview on the road. Robert, how are you? I am well. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We had such an amazing interview on your um, show, Shut Up and Grind. And yes. so it just kind of sets this bar like right mm -hmm. here for, for the level that we're going to have. So I love it. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. All right. So let's start with um, a little bit about you. Where are you from? I am from Rhode Island. I was born in New York City, but I was raised in Rhode Island. Okay, perfect. And you're still on the East Coast, yeah? Yes. Perfect. So this fitness, um, I know I've looked at your website. I've been to um, see the pictures and I'm going scrolling through your results and I'm like, wait a minute, that looks like Robert. So this, um, this fitness thing isn't just something that you teach. It's something that you've been through. How did this all start for you? Well, it started, I'm, I'm the youngest of seven. So, and we were all athletes, including my parents. So, you know, being fit, being active, it was a way of life for us. But being the youngest, I was always labeled somebody else's younger brother. And it drove me insane. <laughs> so that's where my my competitive spirit came from. But that that one moment, there was one moment in my life where I let myself go. So I went through, well, I don't want to say I went through, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. My, my ex abandoned my son and I when he was an infant. 
So he, well, he was like 13 months old when she just left. And so I was working full time as a restaurant manager. And now I have this child. And as a typical dad, you know, at the time I was working 10 to 12 hour days. I didn't know the sleep schedule. I didn't know the medicines he was taking. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, like I was really just paying, paying for stuff and, you know, going to his nighttime feeding. So, so his mom could sleep. Like, I didn't really know anything else about him. And so in that time, I just stopped playing basketball. I stopped running. I stopped going to the gym. And it all came together one day when I was getting out of the shower. And I just caught my reflection in the mirror. And mind you, I was an all-American track and field athlete. So when I looked in that mirror, I did not see that person. And I was like, what the hell happened? And something just clicked right there where I got dressed, I went into my kitchen, I got rid of all of the junk, and I went down, there was a Gold's Gym nearby, I lived in New Hampshire at this time, and they had free free babysitting. So I joined that Gold's, I went shopping, got all healthy foods, and I lost 45 pounds in four and a half months. Wow, that's amazing. I love that story because I know it's gonna resonate with so many people, you know, first of all, the, unexpected change to your life and everything that you know, because you have um, this person that's helping you raise a little human that's no longer there and everything falls on you. Um, On top of that, like I was raised in the service industry. It's an unforgiving field when it comes to restaurant or when it comes to time off and scheduling and all of that stuff. Like you work when most people want to be out having a good time because that's where the money's made. Right. So you don't have the luxury that you have as an entrepreneur to say, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to work my schedule around this little human that I'm raising. So I absolutely love the way that you rebounded in that. So you, you find this fitness this love of fitness, you get yourself back in shape, you start to recognize the person in the mirror again. And when does that moment come that you say, you know what, like, I'm not the only person dealing with this. Let me share what I know. Well, before, before I directly answer, answer the question, I don't have a love of fitness, right? And and, And I share this because I think this resonates with a lot of people too. And even people who work with me seem shocked when I say that because they think I just wake up and I just just wake up with dumbbells in my hands. I just want to go, 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 <laughs> right? But for me, I love competition, right? So I'm going to be 47 years old next month. And in order for me to get out on the basketball court with the 25-year-olds, I have to grind. You know, I like I have to put that work in. So that's what does it for me. So for the people listening is you have you have to find what you want to excel at and just use the fitness to get there cuz so many people will say I hate to run like I hate to run but <laughs> right, I said you don't have to like it you have to be good at it you know it's like you don't have to like lifting heavy but every now and then you just have to do it cuz your body needs it so in order for for me to maintain my my level of competitiveness you know, it's like I don't have to win all the time, but I want to be in the game. It's like I don't want to be the token old guy on the court with the 20 year olds. <laughs> it's like like the biggest compliment to me is when they fight over who's going to guard me. <laughs> <laughs> For I sure. So, I love it. <laughs> so I'm they, really glad yeah. you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think that um, you're right. 
that's an excuse that so many people use that it's easier for other people to do because they love the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we hear that fall in love with the journey all the time, which when you say it the way that you just did, it's kind of bullshit, like fall in <laughs> love with the progress, like use that as whatever it is that yes. you want to accomplish. Right. So I think that that's, you know, really important that you pointed out because again, we hear all the time. Well, that's, I mean, Robert can do it because he loves this or he's, mm. he's good at it. And so to hear yourself say, you know what, like I really wasn't and I didn't, and I did it anyways. Like that's, yes. that's amazing. So. Thank you. All right. So then to answer the direct question. So what happened was I, I started working with my mom, believe it or not, you know, so to help her lose some weight, you know, and put her up, put her on a program. And I wasn't even fully certified at this point. I was just using my experience as, as an athlete. And so as she started losing some weight, you know, she just started getting, you know, she was having more energy. She stopped taking her blood pressure pills. And, and I was like, I might be onto something here, you know? So it's like, like, this is more than just getting into a certain pant size or dress size. I was like, she's getting off of me off of medications. Like she's motivated to, to walk more now. So I'm not, I, I didn't get blessed with the handy gene. So at my, <laughs> at my old house, I had, I had a big garage. And you would you would think think I would because my father, God rest his soul, he was an engineer and he could do anything. And and I would help him. Like I'm a good number two handyman, but but <laughs> but I'm not a good lead handyman. Right? So. That's amazing. Like just don't put me in control of stuff. But if you tell yeah. me what to do, I can make yes. it happen. Yep, give me the blueprint. I, I got you. But if I have to do the <laughs> blueprint, that's not getting fixed. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So I had a big garage, and so I turned it into a gym and more so it was for me getting back to what you were saying about the brutality of the service industry schedule where I was starting to bring the stress home and I was snapping at my ex over over trivial things I was snapping at the kids over just wanting to show me their homework I'm like what <laughs> you know because I'm bringing that stress home and so it was more so for for me to go out there you know hit the punching bag a little throw some weights around just as an outlet to get that aggression out so I could focus on my family. And then I decided to work with a couple couple people close to me and I just liked the environment and they liked the environment. And this was around the time when Planet Fitnesses were popping up all over the place at 10, 10, bucks, a, 10 bucks a month. And so I was like, you know what, let me just throw an ad in Craig's lesson, you know, see what happens. And I got one person and then I blinked my eyes and I had 14. And then I blinked again and I had 35 and then I blinked again and the city zoning started knocking on my door. <laughs> I did a step class in my driveway and it was, it was like, it was like 20 people out there in my driveway and my nosy neighbor called, called the, the councilman on me. But, oh, but, but, but that's man. how neighbors yeah, got to ruin everything for real, for real. It's like like you can't just be happy. Like the neighbor can't just come join you. Yes. And be like, let me get fit, right? They're going to be like, these people like exercise and stuff. 
Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, there's so much that's, that's screaming at me right now from what you said, but I think the biggest thing is one of my favorite sayings is that the most flexible person in the situation controls the situation. And that's exactly what you did. You said, Hey, like getting to the gym isn't feasible for me right now. That's an excuse. First of all, for anybody who says it. So what do you do to circumvent that excuse? You bring the gym to you. So now that's gone. What's the next excuse that you're going to put in your way? And then how do you get around that? And this is um, an important lesson for everybody to learn because this is how we navigate our goals, right? When we want something, we are all going to be putting that roadblock in front of us because it's yes. uncomfortable and it's we're afraid and we're not, we don't know what to expect. And being able to navigate that is amazing. So yes. do you think that that's a quality that you've always had because it's tied to your competitiveness or did you pick that up somewhere along the way? goes right back to dear old dad so, <laughs> but as i said he could build absolutely anything he was such a can-do guy now and i'll share i'll share a quick story so my parents bought a new dining room table and they bought a new refrigerator and so, so they, they my dad puts it in like i still still can't believe he did this and this was like 25 some odd years ago so he gets everything in and they go to open the fridge oh, no. and it hits the table Right? Okay. So normal people would either get a smaller fridge yeah. or they would get a smaller table. Oh no, not my dad. So he was he was the king of plan B, plan C, plan D. Like he just kept adapting till he got what he wanted. So I'm driving down to visit them. They they live on uh, the other the other end of Rhode Island. And as I'm pulling up the driveway, I see the side of the house is ripped off. Oh no. <laughs> right? This dude reversed the window <laughs> and the door so the door opens over here now because he wanted that table and he wanted that fridge you know so i grew up with that kind of kind of upbringing where like no matter what was in front of you if your goal is behind it you got to do what you got to do to get through that and that's how that's how all seven of us think as siblings like all seven of us like this no matter what's in front of us we're going to get through it and it, you could take any of the isms out there, racism, sexism, ageism, and we, we can crush every single one of them. And once you once you master yourself, nothing can stop you. Yeah, I love that. Once you master yourself, nothing can stop you. So let's dig into that for just a minute. Mastering yourself, what do you think that means um, to somebody out there who's listening going, sure, that's a great phrase, but what are you talking about? Human beings are emotional beings. Mastering yourself means mastering your emotions. So that's how people let excuses get the best of them because they let them fuel up their emotions. Like when my ex-wife abandoned my son and I, you know, I could have let that be a reason for me to crumble. But no, instead I stepped into the stress right into the middle of it and said, what do I got to do to get through this? Like not she did this to me or the world's against me. It's like, what do I have to do to get through this? And so that's a big area that I work with, even in fitness, when people come into me with all the sob stories of why they can't, you know, beat their 5k time or why they can't lose the last 10 pounds or why they can't get to the gym. The gym. I ask one simple question, what you going to do? Like after you're done reading me all those excuses, <laughs> what are you going to do? Because that's what it boils down to. I can sit here and give you all the reasons in the world why I can't do something. But what am I going to do? <laughs> so if yeah. I want that task, I, like that's mastering yourself is 
taking what the world gives you and figuring out a plan to circumnavigate it. Yeah. So I'm a huge believer in everything that you just said. And there is one phrase that just gets me every single time, which is normally what gets thrown out when you've taken everybody's excuses away and they need one last thing to throw at you. So when you have that person that's saying, Robert, that's great for you. I'm just not built that way. What do you say to that person? I, I just, that's not in my DNA. I say, then you don't want it. Ooh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's, it's that That's simple. one of the best answers I've ever heard. And you're right. Then you don't want it. And, yeah. and let's, you know, step back for just a minute, because I want to be clear that there are some things that are completely out of your control, right? There are some mm -hmm. things that physically you can't change about yourself. Mm -hmm. So you adjust to find out what that realistic goal is. Um, for the most part, though, our goals are not unrealistic. You know, most of us are fully capable of walking and running and, and we're still able to say, oh, but I'm just not built that way. And then you got the guy who's not capable of walking that's lapping you on a track and it's like, I don't know what the hell your problem is. Exactly. It's the herd mentality. Like you can tell people who think like that are surrounded by other people who think like that. Yes. Because right? if you're surrounded by people who are positive and uplifting and outgoing and they're go-getters, and then you're the negative Nancy of the group, at some point you're going to pull away from that group. That That's just, yeah. that's human nature. You know, the birds of a feather flock, flock together. So I, I tell people, if, if that's you, if you think you're not built that way, then you don't want that thing. It's like, say, say your child needs something. Are you going to tell your child, sorry, I'm just not built that way? Yeah, right? exactly. No, you're, no, you're going to figure out, you're going to do whatever you have to do to take care of your child. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that, that's how it works. But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, all of a sudden, now it, it is what it is. It's not meant to be. That ship has sailed. And that's all a load of crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like you can have whatever you want, whenever you want, if you're willing to do the work. Yeah, 100%. So I know that you and I both have this amazing relationship with obstacle course racing. And I'm so excited <laughs> to dig into this week. with you. <laughs> yes. Which one did you do? Uh, Savage Race up in Massachusetts. So I haven't done one of those yet because they like kind of stop at the mid-US. I haven't seen one on the West mm. Coast yet. So, okay. um, but everything that you're talking about, I learned those lessons in obstacle course racing because I was always the person who wasn't athletic. I was always the person that um, when I started gaining weight when I was 16, 17, you know, that natural time that women start to gain weight, um, my family... I love them to death to that. Oh, it's okay. You're just big boned. Right. And then you get to, you believe that. Yeah. And then you get to the other end of it and you lose the weight and you're like, what the hell does big boned mean? Like where the hell did that come from? Right? <laughs> like it's such a weird statement yet. I know that it's so common for people to say, Oh, it's not you. Your bones are just big. Right. Mm. So Anyways, I, I had always told myself, I'm not the athlete. I'm not capable of doing all of that. And then when I had the, the just mental breakdown and needed something that was completely unknown to me, I found obstacle course racing. And if you are sitting there listening to this saying, I just don't know how to gain that mentality, go find a Spartan, go find a Tough Mudder, go find a Savage Race. Because everything that you said about the herd mentality was exactly 
what happened to me. I was giving myself excuses and then I would see an amputee run past me yep. and I'd be like, well, crap, what am I going to do now? And then I'd be like, but you know, his other leg must be better than mine. Right. So, and then I see a blind person go past me and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, crap. Right. So, um, Surrounding yourself with those people who have that mentality is amazing. And it's, I think what you said about having them, that you eventually fall off. It's really interesting to me because yes, you do, but it's not because the people with the growth mindset push you out. It's because you're not willing to face your demons to stay around that circle because they force you to face that excuse and you, you're not willing to do it. Would you agree? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I actually gave gave a keynote speech using the Spartan Beast as the metaphor. The Spartan Beast in Killington. I think out on the West Coast, your big bear one, I think, yeah. is is the big one out there, right? Yeah. And before you tell the story, for those yeah. listening who aren't as crazy as us, what's a Spartan Beast? <laughs> so Spartan Beast, well, now they're more standardized, but when they first came out, they were it, it was 13 plus miles. So I've done I've done them at 13.6. I've done them at 18.7. <laughs> so, so like I said, they're, they're more so between 13 to 14 now. But for, for a minute there, they would mess with you. But um, what, what are the, the very first beast I did, this was back in 2013. So it was at Mount Killington in Vermont, which now, mind you, this was my first time ever in Vermont. I knew nothing about this race. I did the sprint and the super pretty easily. So I went in, you know, kind of cocky, right? <laughs> and I was very, very quickly humbled. But, the, but as I'm going through this race, just so many thoughts swirled in the brain. Like, this is stupid. Why am I here? I'm doing all this for an effing medal. <laughs> and, and it's like, as, as I'm going through, I'm going up the mountain, down the mountain. I had a, a situation similar to what, what you said. It was right around mile 10. We were on a long incline climb. And I had stopped to eat a sandwich I had. And now before that, I saw a guy crawling. And so as I walked by, I patted him on his back. And I was like, good job, dude. Keep, keep going. You know, and then I walked off. So then I stopped. So as I'm eating... I see this guy coming back again, and yeah, he had one leg. I was like, I'm sitting here, <laughs> two working arms, two working legs, in my pity party, and this dude's got one leg and he hasn't stopped. I was like, pack up the sandwich, put it back in the bag, and let's get this done. But the whirlwind of emotions that you go through in a Spartan beast, they definitely transfer to everyday life. So when yeah. you're talking, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do, do this. And then we, we just put things off in everyday life. But when, when you cross that start line, barring injury, you're going to cross that finish line. No matter what mountain you have to climb, no matter how far you have to crawl, no matter what you have to carry, no matter what you have to push, you know, no matter what teammates you might have to prop up, it's like you're going to cross that finish line. And if we could take that spirit into what you want out of life, you'll be able to get it. Yeah, 100%. And I noticed that because I was so weak and mentally broken. And 
you know, I would did these obstacle course races and I would get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then before I knew what I was starting my own business and I was doing, and, and I was like, where did this come from? Where did the person who <laughs> thinks that she can do this come from? And the answer is it came from the course, right? So I 100% agree with you. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is we plan so much for those races. Yeah. You know, you plan what's your nutrition going to be. When I did world's toughest mutter, you've got the lap where you have the pit crew. So instead of, you know, yeah. full, it's, it's lap style. Yeah. And you plan what you're going to eat in between. You have conversations with your pit crew about, hey, I'm going to want to quit about 2 a.m. Your only job is to get me back on the course. You have these conversations, but then we go into life and it's like, well, I guess I failed next. Mm -hmm. You know, if we took that level of planning into what we do with life, it would be a game changer. Yes, I, I agree. Let me let me go into another one. So in 2018, I signed up for the New Jersey Spartan Ultra. Now, mind you, I had three knee surgeries, but my goal was to at least do this one ultra and I didn't finish. Right. So I, I completed the first lap, but my knees were shot just for there was so much up and down the mountain. And that last sandbag carry was brutal. Like I knew once we rounded the corner and I just saw how how long, how steep it was. I was like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, it's going to hurt. So like, I, you know, I did it. I humbled myself. You know, I took myself out. I still have the purple penny hanging up on the wall in my bedroom. Just as a reminder, that kicked your ass. And yeah. so I went and I signed up for the South Carolina one. And I put a dry erase board up. And I was just counting down the days. Because I trained hard for that beast too. The, just, the mountain was just... Too, too much like there, like if I try this second lap like I'm gonna injure myself you know yeah. so so like there's one thing about being badass is another thing about being dumbass like there's a fine yeah. line there right? is there's a, a fine yeah line. there's a fine line so if I would have attempted to go back out there that would have just been stupid like nothing good would have happened from it so now in between we have Mount Killington again and so <laughs> now I trained hard so in 2017 I got rhabdo I don't know if you're you're familiar mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. So I got wrapped on for those li listening. If you don't know, it's where your blood, when your muscles are overworked, a thick protein gets into the bloodstream and it can clog your kidneys. Now I only have one because I lent I lent one to my sister. Well, I guess I let her I love it, how you phrase right? that. I do. I love how you phrase that. <laughs> yeah, I lent it to her. You know, I had one to spare. So <laughs> <laughs> right. So after getting wrapped on in 2017, so 2018, I trained even harder. Right. I did double the training that I did in 2017 and I got wrapped again. <laughs> oh, right. No. So as I'm talking with my doctor, I was like, so I have an ultra in November. And he he just went on this, he got like teary-eyed <laughs> and he was pleading with me to not do this ultra. And I was like, listen, I have a reminder on my wall of failure. You know, and 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 I I mean I do videos about failure. I was saying like mm -hmm. failure isn't isn't real, like it's a lesson, but I have I just have a reminder that I have a job that's not done yet. I was like, I have to do this. And, and again, he went on the hole with the one kidney. If, if you clog that kidney up, then you're gonna end up on dialysis. And he just went through this whole thing. I said, all due respect, I'm gonna go to Dr. Facebook and I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm gonna put out a post and I'm gonna see if there, there, there has to be one person out there in this world out of 7 billion people that completed an ultra with one kidney. I said, and I'm gonna find that person and I'm going to pick their brain. And, you know, so I found there was a Spartan Ultra group on, on Facebook. And I asked and I got six responses. 
I ended up linking up with a couple of them. Like, how do you hydrate? How do you balance your your electrolytes? You know, what would you have for for your uh, transition station? You know, what was your training regimen like? And I, I picked that brain. Like, I don't want to hear from all of these people that haven't done it. Yeah, right? it's like you haven't done it, so don't tell me I can't do it. And so I yeah. followed their regimen, and I I went into the race. And again, you think. I don't know. Well, you've done world's toughest, so you mm-hmm. know you know about the head game. So yeah. But what I figured out, and again, how this translates to everyday life, is we keep looking at the end, at the end game. Worry about what's right in front of you. So at one point in that ultra, I, I was in a group of people where this one woman was just complaining up a storm. You know, I think we we're at like mile fifteen or sixteen, some somewhere around there, and she's just complaining. And I was like, listen. Just focus on mile 17. Don't look at anything beyond mile 17. And yeah. then I then I had to get to get away from her. But like that's what that's why I'm like, yeah, 17, okay. Now let's get to 18. 18, yeah. let, let's get to 19. Then it's like let, let's get to 25. Let's get to 26. Hallelujah, we're done. You know, and if yeah. we can do that in everyday life, like I tell people with, with, with fitness, don't worry about about the 40 pounds you want to lose. Let's worry about losing one. And then we'll yeah. worry about losing two. And then three, next thing you know, you're down 15 pounds. Next thing you know, you're down 22 pounds. I said, but if you lose two pounds and you defeat yourself because you want to lose four, no, celebrate the two. Yeah. And then, then you stack the wins, you stack the wins, and that's how you reach your result. Yeah, it's so interesting because we fall into that so much. And I do this all the time. I mean, I'm in the middle of my own health journey right now that I put on hold to grow my business, which, first of all, is never a good idea. You start to feel like, oh, I'm not making as much progress as I should be. And it was really interesting to me because I've always told myself since I started this um, obstacle training journey that um, the bad days are more important than the good days, right? The days that you don't want to get to the gym are more important than um, the days that you actually want to be there. And I had always looked at it as a mindset game, right? Um, I, I looked at it as when you don't want to be there and you make yourself go, you overcome this mindset hurdle. And and that's true. But I was reading Atomic Habits. Have you read that book yet? I have not. Okay. It's amazing. But I was reading Atomic Habits and he says this very same thing. And he's like, look, it's a mindset hurdle. He's like, but also five minutes on a treadmill because you went to the gym and did something even when you didn't want to, and then let yourself leave. Mm-hmm. You still kept the momentum of the last two weeks yes. that you were doing everything right. If yeah. you don't go and you say, all right, I guess wings and fries and, and a soda mm-hmm. it is, you just lost all that momentum. So it's not necessarily about the mindset hurdle. It's not about that day. It's about, you've got all this momentum built up and how do you take a small action to keep it so that when you feel better tomorrow, you can do it. And I was like, holy mind blown. Like I had never looked at it like that. Right. Because we think so big picture and, but we think so big picture positively, right? Negatively. We're like, well, you know, I'm not seeing any results in the gym. So I'm just going to eat cake because one slice of cake isn't going to kill me. (laughs) But we don't think, you know, one set of reps at the gym isn't going to kill me. So it's it's interesting to me. Um, I also hear in what you're talking about this. um, 
who am I going to take advice from? And, and having somebody tell you it's not possible and saying, well, have you done it? Have you tried it? Do you know anybody who's done it or tried it? And if the answer to that is no, then why are you telling me I can't? I think that's something that's missing. See, people have to have the courage to tell people to shut up. <laughs> Seriously, that that's what it boils down to. So when I first got into fitness, my ex, she was not on board at, at, at the time. And so when it came to like making meals, because I do the shopping and the cooking. And so I would I would make my food first. I would eat and then I would cook for the family. And and at first, you know, she would she would be all all mad about it. I'm like, do you guys want to eat the fish, tilapia, and jasmine rice? Like, do you want to eat that? No, then shut up. <laughs> okay. So then I am going to eat. Or cook, one of the two. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too. I said, so I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat without judgment. Right. Then I, I will make everything for everyone else. And now I, I'm already, I'm already satisfied. I don't want the pasta and the garlic bread and all that other stuff. So it's like you have to put yourself in a position to only listen to the people who fuel you, right? It's like, if you try to put water into the gas tank of your car, the car's not going anywhere, you know? So that's what you're doing when you're letting people tell you that you can't do stuff that they aren't doing. That's exactly yeah. what you're doing is they're pouring water into your, into your gas tank. And yeah. with that, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that there's going to be some people who are listening that are going to be like, man, that's so selfish. And my response to that is yes. And it's amazing. Like be selfish so that yes. you can be selfless, right? Like this idea of being selfish has such this horrible name because people think that it makes you a bad person if you're selfish. But in order to accomplish any goal, you have to have that little bit of selfishness or else you will always put other people first. Yep. Let me add to that. I actually just did a video. I think it was two weeks ago on how being selfish is the best thing you can do. It absolutely is because like, like why, are, why are we on these platforms, you know, right? Because we are trying to help other people become better versions of themselves. Could, could we do that if we didn't believe in ourselves, if we didn't have high energy, if we didn't have good, good self-esteem, if we didn't have resilience, right? We, we couldn't do any of that. So by pouring into our own personal development, we are now qualified to help other people. So if you put yourself on the back burner, if you lose your energy, if you gain Wait, if you're in a job that's not fulfilling you, if you're not making the money that you need to be making, if you're in an unfulfilled relationship, who are you inspiring? Yeah. <laughs> right? You're not inspiring anyone. So by putting yourself where you need to be, you now unlock other people's potential to be who they want to be. I love it. That's amazing. So you have this fitness um, business, you grow, you eventually get a, a actual place to do work because the zoning department says no more <laughs> neighbors, neighbors said no. Um, at what point did you say, you know what, this is more about fitness. This is about mindset and personal growth and start actually speaking and sharing your journey. When did that happen for you? Well, before I opened up my own place, we actually moved six different times. <laughs> so I started renting. Well, I started out from the garage. I moved to a playground that, that was nearby because it was in the summer. So that made it easier. So I stayed in the playground. And as it started to get colder, I, I was renting space at a karate dojo. And then from, from there, I, I went to a dance studio. It was at the dance studio was when I first started giving workshops. And I was like, this is kind of cool, <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's like speaking was, was 
never something that that I struggled with. Because again, my family we're all outspoken. Every one of us. Like my my sister, she she's a speaker and an author too. My other sister is a coach. My other sister, she's a, a leader for something or other. But like you know, my brother was in the military. So like all of us, speaking was never an issue. But it's one thing to just be a good speaker. It's another thing to be a good connector. Yeah. So once I was able to put the two together and realize that I can actually get through to people and unlock their their potential. Like I know that's such an overused term, but that's exactly what it is. Like even even in the gym, you know, go, going back to obstacle races, I went to Tough Mudder three weeks ago, and one of my one of my gals, she's a she's a taller she's she's a taller girl. So you know, people who are taller. They weigh a little more. And she was constantly using that as an excuse. Like, oh, I can't do the rings because I, I weigh too much. I'm like, come on, you know that's BS. I was like, you can't do the rings because you keep telling yourself you can't do the rings. Like, that, that's the, like I have nothing else to teach you. <laughs> now it's up to you, right? It's up to you. It's, it's like when you, when you go through school and you're, you're doing your assignments, you're doing your projects, you're doing your homework, and okay, here's the exam. Right. The teacher gives you the exam and then backs off. Yeah. And that that's exactly the, the way I approach it with fitness. I said, all right, we've you've done the classes, you've done the miles, you've done everything else. Now it's up to you. You know, so and getting back to the whole self selfish thing in that moment, you control if you do it or not. It's not my training. It's not anything else. It's like if, if you want to climb the rope and ring the bell, go do it. The yeah. only, only thing stopping you is you thinking you can't. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell this to my clients all the time, because one of the things that I used to say all the time, and there are moments where you hear yourself say something and you're like, holy cow, my mindset just shifted. Yes. And because I used to stand up in front of groups of people and I used to thank my coach for changing my life. I'd be like, thank you for changing my life. Thank you for changing my life. And then there was one day, probably about two years ago, that I stood up in front of a group of people and I said, I am so thankful for this lady because she gave me the tools, resources, and information that I needed to change my life. And I heard myself say that and I was like, well, that's different, right? <laughs> and so every time somebody says, thank you for doing this, thank you for doing this, my response is, I didn't do it. You did the work. I, I gave you the plan. I helped you realize why your excuses were bullshit, but you did the work. Like don't yes. ever give that power to anybody else because right. you end up relying on them and you're like, well, I could do it with Robert, mm -hmm. but I can't do it on my own. Right. Which right. is complete bullshit. Yes. And I had that just last night. I was working with this woman for the last few weeks. She's starting a juicing, a juicing business. I was helping her out with her marketing, her branding and her pitch because uh, she gets to pitch to potential investors. And so we were working on this pitch and she was just always so, so nervous and just in, in her head. And, and my job was, was just to keep her focused. It's like, just, just stay focused. Listen, stop worrying about all that stuff. Focus on the task. Okay. Go back into your story, right? Let the, let those people feel your story. Like let them feel why you want this, why you created this, who are you going to help? I was like, if you step into that, you will no longer be nervous. Because yeah. you you have a higher purpose. See, because that's where selfish is negative. If you're holding back from greatness out of fear, that's selfish. Because yep. you stepping into your greatness helps other people. 
I said, so by you not nailing this pitch, there's going to be a bunch of women out there that that need your help that you're not going to reach because you're going to let your own selfish fear stop you. But so she it was her turn for the pitch last night. And I turned on my my screen record because I was like, I want to get this in real time. And she nailed it to the point where, like, I almost teared up a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. Just because I know how nervous she was. And it was like a proud dad moment almost. And I'm just just listening to her go. And I was like, oh, she killed it. Like, she absolutely killed it. And that's the true joy of doing what we do. Yeah. That's what it is. I 100% agree. And what's interesting about what you said is that it's normally the people that are most passionate about change and impact that stand up there and let themselves stop because of failure, because they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing. Like if they didn't care, they would just get up there. They would say something, they would fail, they would get better. And they would become this amazing speaker without even thinking about it because they didn't they weren't cared. They didn't care about the, the impact. Yes. Now that person wouldn't be spending their time speaking to groups of people either. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to that person that's out there saying like, how do I quiet that? What you said is so amazing about if you really want to help people, if you're really afraid of saying something that is going to detrimentally affect them, imagine how affected they are by not hearing your message at all, because it's, it's those impact driven people that stop themselves. Well, first, I just want to address what what you just said about fail and then get better. It's yeah, like, people think failure is the end. Like, how how do you think we gain experience? We gain experience from falling on our face. It's like teaching a ba- baby to walk. Like they fall a hundred times before they finally walk. Yeah. Right. So, so like you would never tell. Okay, you know what? We're just gonna give up on this walking thing. You know, just crawl forever. It's like no. It's like it's like you don't do that. So I've tried so many different things in my life. And I have things that worked and I have things that I know not to do in the future. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, because and you, you learned. Yes. Yes. This it's is like why, take, like, if I, hear, if I hear one more person tell somebody to fall in love with failure, I'm like, screw that. Like, failure sucks. Don't fall in love with failure. <laughs> fall in love with learning from failure. Yes. Don't fall in love with failure. Like, that's awful. But yes. learn from it and get better, right? Yeah, yeah, like it's it's all it's all in how in how you frame it. I actually had a guest on, like his whole thing is about embracing failure, you know. But like embracing it, it's 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 what does it mean to you? Because for some people, yeah. failure is like the dead end. Yeah. And and again, being an athlete, like I was a high jumper, so it's like yeah. some, sometimes you make the bar, sometimes you miss the bar. Like missing the bar doesn't make me a failure. It means for that take, but I missed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I keep going till till I make it. Like that's how it is. So I don't look at failure as the end. So I think for the people out there listening and how do you break through that is you focus on what you want, right? So that's number one, what do you want? And then number two is how badly do you want it? Cause I say yeah. this to, to my fitness clients all the time. I have this, this I have this guy and he's, he like tries to beat me and all, all this stuff because he just knows how competitive I am. So he's like, oh, Rob, I did, you know, X amount of reps on the battle rope and X, X amount of time. And I told him, I was like, listen, it's not about physical strength. I said, I suffer better than you do. Oh, <laughs> right. I said, I said, if you give me a task, I will use every ounce of my fiber to accomplish the task. I said, for you, when the going gets tough, you stop. I said, that's why you don't beat me. 
I suffer better than you do. That could be my quote of like the month. There's very few times that I'm speechless, but that's amazing. I love it. So you suffer better than somebody else. What do you think is, you know, we've talked about your upbringing. We've talked about the willingness to push through. But what do you think is like the one thing that somebody could start to focus on now if they say, well, I want to be able to suffer as good as you do? Honestly, step into being vulnerable. So because people people think vulnerable, I just did a video on this too a couple of days ago. <laughs> people think that vulnerable is a weakness. But vulnerable being vulnerable is the ultimate strength. It's like you are taking your mess and you are putting your messes out into the world. But not but again, getting back to the whole selfish thing, you're worried about people judging you for your mess instead of resonating somebody else who's in that with someone else who's in the same mess. Yeah. Like that's, that's the power of it. So for, for me, like earlier, when I said, when my ex ran out on my son and I said, I, I didn't know what medicines he took. I didn't know his sleep schedule. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff, you know? And so I can sit, sit there and people go, Oh, well, he, he wasn't there for his kid and he wasn't paying attention to his kid. And it's like, no, like, no, I tell you that. Cause I had to pivot and learn all that stuff. Like yeah. that, that's the takeaway. You know, it, it yeah. wasn't a takeaway. Like I was still providing for the child, and, but it's like, but I, but I'm not worried about fielding those, those comments because I started a debate show, which I thought about like a year ago. But but you know, like you know, the, the Twitter mob can be nasty. You know, oh. like 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 they they can be nasty. But but I said, I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about the people that don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm not worried about the people that can't benefit from what I do. I'm worried about the ones who can. Yeah. So if I put out a message on critical race theory that doesn't resonate with the mainstream media, you know, because I think it's a crock, right? And then I'm going to have people coming at me telling me you're not really black and you're not this and <laughs> you believe that and, and all this other nonsense. And then I have the five people who agree with me. I step into the five people who agree with me. I, yes. don't, I don't even acknowledge the ones who try to tear, tear me down. Right. And then that's how you build strength. That's how you build confidence. That's how you build resilience is putting that stuff out there. Because when you keep it inside, that's when stress, anxiety, depression, other mental health, health illnesses. And I'm no doctor. I know that. But I just know it leads to those, those other feelings because you're, you're harboring all the feelings inside. Whereas I can just come out and be like, yes, I'm Rob Foster. I've stolen before. Yes, I've deceived a friend before. Yes, I've done all that stuff before. You know, but that's not who I am now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I, yeah. So you meet someone who's maybe they're stuck in a situation like that. And because I was there at one point, I can help guide you out of it. Love it. So let's go ahead and shift gears just a little bit, because I know from our last conversation that you and I could talk for days about this stuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Let's switch into the success element of this. This is the more than corporate podcast. I believe that you design your life. You don't, it doesn't automatically happen. Success doesn't happen by accident. So what do you, um, how do you define success on both a micro level and a macro level? To me, Success is because th like th there's no one answer. So I, I can only answer for me. So 100%. So for me, success is not missing anything that I want to do. No matter what, like if I want to go parasailing, I clear my schedule and go, right? If I want to 
take a week, like in April, I, I took four days down down in uh, the mountains in, in North Carolina, and everyone's like, why are you, why are you going there? I said, because I want to. <laughs> there's no other reason like i'm a single man like i don't have to ask anybody permission for anything my kids are grown most mostly grown you know so it's like when when the little kids go with their mom like the, my other two kids are adults so so it's like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go get away so it's it's doing the things that you want to do you know so like if if if, if you make a million dollars but you haven't been to any of your kids sporting events to me that's not that's not success you know, yeah. if you're someone who's living just over the poverty line, but you're teaching, you're there for your kids, you're at all the choruses, you know, you're at the, the poem readings, you're at the sporting events, you know, you're at the banquets. If you're doing all of that stuff and you're fulfilled inside, that is success. So, so I think too many times we get caught up in other people's definition of success, where you see the influencers posing with their rented Lamborghinis and with the mansions <laughs> and, and all that. Like, I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't need any of that. I don't want a team of a hundred people. I want myself, my daughter, when she's done, done with college, she's, she's going to work with me. And I'm trying to get my older daughter, but she's, I mean, my younger daughter, but she's fascinated with forensic science. So I, I don't know if I'll be able to pull her in, but like, <laughs> but like, I want my team to be my kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, why pay somebody else 60, 70, 80 grand a year when I can pay it to my kid? <laughs> you know, so like yeah. that's my definition of, of success is to teach them how to not struggle. Yeah. So I love that definition. Um, and it's interesting to me because that's kind of a definition that you wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I have it. Like, this is what I've worked so hard for, right? Mm -hmm. It's that moment that you get to take off and go for four days and you're like, oh, the hard work did pay off. Yeah. What is your micro definition of success that you focus on every single day to keep you moving towards that macro definition of success when you can't really see that finish line? So, so kind of kind of what I said earlier, because there's going to be things that you don't want to do or that you don't like to do, but you just have to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in order to, in order to get to that end goal, like there are just things that you have to do every single day. Like with my my fitness people, I have five five minimum things to do for you to either reach or maintain your goals is walk at least 10,000 steps a day, drink half your body weight in ounces of water, train three to five days a week, write down a proud moment of the day and keep a food journal. That's it. Those five things. So when people come to me and they're like, Rob, I'm stuck. Are you getting enough steps? Are you drinking enough water? Don't talk to me then. <laughs> I, I, I Don't talk like, to me. I was like, until you're doing those five things, do not come to me for guidance. You know, so, you know, that's so. really interesting. Like, and, and I like the way that you broke it down into very easy things that you can do one at a time instead of feeling like it's this long list of things, yeah. because then we get kind of overwhelmed. Yes. Um, I absolutely love that. So for that person out there who is starting to design their life, they're creating this blueprint for success for themselves. What is one tip that you have to stay on track and stay motivated? And it may be what you just mentioned, or maybe you have something different in the business or entrepreneurial space. Is to know what they want. So, so many people actually can't answer that question. <laughs> you say, what do you want? And they don't know. So I'll take you through what I did with my daughter. Because with, with my son, my older son, I didn't have to do this with him because he knew he wanted to be a mechanic. 
So we got him into mechanic school. You know, he graduated and he's now he's now a mechanic. So with my daughter, we did a whole reverse engineer thing where I told us, all right, write down everything that makes you happy. Every possible thing that makes you happy, whether it's music, whether it's listening to the birds chirp or, or whatever it is, like every last detail. And I said, then from there, if you could work with one group of people, who is it? And I said, I said and write it down in detail. Like, is it females? Is it female college students? Are they a certain race? Are they a certain religion? Are they a certain political affiliation? Like, I said, stereotype like crazy. Like, who do you want to work with? And said, and said, so now, now that we have those two, what industries can give you those two? I said, said, we'll worry about money later. I said, too many times people are picking things based on what, what it pays. And I, I believe, don't quote me, but I believe it's like 70% of people who have a degree aren't even in the field that they have the degree in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I told her, I said, contrary to popular opinion, you don't find yourself in college. I said, you have 18 years to find yourself. I said, you are going to college and we're not spending all this money so you can soul search. I said, I said we're going to college on a mission. And so we ended up coming, coming down with she wants to do what I do because she likes how I help people. Like I knew she was going to do something with helping people because she's got, she's got a heart of gold. Like even now she's a camp counselor for the summer. Like she just loves work, working with people. But as, as I said earlier with her, her mom abandoning, you know, my son and I, so we reconciled and then, then we had her, you know? So if, if we never reconciled, she would have never been here. Right? So, <laughs> so we had her, but with her, she wants to work with other young women who grew up without their biological mom. It's amazing. You know, and she wants to use fitness as the platform, you know, cause she, she was like, as and I told her too, I said, don't do this just because that's what I do. She's, she's like, no, no, because like she's been to my workshops, she's been to my talks, she's been to my classes. Like it's like she sees that when I'm in there, it's not about fitness. Like it's about life, it's about personal yeah. development. Or like, like while you're pushing that sled, you know, like I'm giving them, you know, things that they can take outside of the gym. It's not about just pushing the sled, you know, yeah. like doing like how many burpees can you do can you do in a minute? I'm like push yourself, give your all, like let everybody in here know that you are the one, like let them know, like let it flow, like let it flow through your actions. Like you are the one, you are the undeniable choice. I said, and then like, so by instilling that in them, I've, I've inspired, I think it was 18 people, 18 of my clients to go on to become fitness coaches. A couple have done fit, fitness competitions. A couple of um, I've helped them become speakers you know, and, awesome. and this I've had people change careers. I had people who I haven't seen since high school sent me a long inbox message thanking me. They lost 40 pounds. They changed careers from watching my videos. That's amazing. <laughs> and you like, know, that's wow. like, that's a super big highlight too, because one of the things that um, is, is big on my platform is that whatever you decide you're going to do right now, like life is long, man. We want to say it's short, but life is long. And what you want at 18, 20, 25, 30 may not be what you want at 45 or 50. Yeah. And so setting yourself up to say, okay, what do I want now? And knowing that that college education, that college degree, that um, career that you've chosen is not some box that you're locked into for the rest of your life, that as you grow, you get to adjust, which is why I love the approach that you took with your daughter. One 
one of the things that got me out of this identity crisis that I was in of being an attorney was sitting at a conference and having somebody say, I wish people would stop focusing on the career they want to have and focus on the life they want to have and figure out what gets them there. Yes. And I thought, is being an attorney ever going to give me the life I want? Like, yes, I get to help people. Yes, I make money. In 10 years, am I going to be saying I wish I would have whatever comes after that sentence? And I realized that that I needed to start to figure out something else and and make sure that I, I never had those regrets, right? Yeah. So I love that you're taking that approach with your daughter. And I just want to highlight what you said about the career change from your clients, that nothing's set in stone ever. Like you evolve... I think it's true that you don't find yourself in in college. I think you also don't find yourself in high school. One of my absolute favorite quotes is from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Yeah. And he said, the goal should be to never know who you are. Like as soon as you find yourself, you know, then you get complacent. So what's yeah. next? Yep, what's next? Part. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we could talk forever, but I want to be respectful <laughs> of your time. So I know that you have this amazing offer of a 15-minute free connection call with you to dive in and get some clarity on what you want. How do people connect with you, follow up with you, or take advantage of that amazing offer? Yep, just go to robertbfoster.com and then just click the click the contact button. Click. And we'll get you going. And and what that is, like, it's it's not a sales call, right? I'm not, not trying to rope you in, into my program. It's just to talk to you to help you figure out what it is that you want. And nine times out of ten, it's right on the tip of your tongue, and you don't even know it. Like, I helped a woman start a podcast. She's a clinical psychologist. She's got a PhD. And mind you, I'm a college dropout, right? And so, and so she she comes to me, and we help her craft this this uh this podcast but her thoughts were way up here you know talking that phd doctor language that only other people with phds can understand (laughs) right so so i'm like like who who is it you're trying to talk to so because if you're trying to talk to your colleagues that can work if you're trying to talk to me that's like you're like speaking japanese right now (laughs) You know, so I have no idea what any of that means. So as just the more I spoke to her and I was just like, you know, so, you know, you you know how I always had like my trusty notebook, you know? So I'm like, all right, so who who do you want to talk to? What do you want to help them with? What are their biggest needs? Just started asking all these, all the right questions. And then we helped her craft her, 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 like her main message, just like how mine is over overcoming obstacles. No, you have your, your main theme. And we helped her create her main theme just from the stuff that was already there. So that's what this 15-minute call is designed to do. It's just a conversation, basically, where I pick pick your brain and give you some next steps. If your next steps include me, great. You know, If not, at least you'll have some more clarity on what it is you want to do. Love it. Love it. All right. So as we wrap up, I would love to finish this um, episode with an amazing random round. Let people get to know you just a little bit. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Perfect. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? to the very, very beginning to see where the hell we came from. I like it. You answer the question once and for all, right? (laughs) Yep. That's amazing. Um, If you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? I'd be an actor. Absolutely. I could see that. That doesn't shock me at all. Doesn't shock me at all. (laughs) If you had one book resource that you would share with people that has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey, what do you think they need to read? 
So I'm not big into reading. I'm more of a video guy. Okay. And, and what what helped shaped me was Eric Thomas. He's a, a less a less brown disciple, but yeah. like just 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 the way he talks, like it just gives me goosebumps every time I I hear that man speak. And I I met him. I actually got got trained by his in his speaker boot camp. Like let me tell you, it's intense. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I it's bet. Really, really intense. But they helped me make the jump from speaker to storyteller. That's awesome. I saw him speak at Thrive in 2019 and he was amazing. So yeah. I yeah, definitely awesome. feel that. All right. And then my favorite question, because I'm a music nerd. Everybody who knows me knows that. What is your pump up song? What What do you use to get in a good mood? All right. So it, de it, it depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm in competition, like a, like a serious competition, it's What's My Name by DMX. Okay. <laughs> I, I put that on and I just transform transform into an assassin. <laughs> so if I'm cleaning the house, I just like 90s R&B. You can pick any any one of the songs. I just like 90s R&B. That's awesome. <laughs> Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I've really appreciated it. And, you know, we have this similar background in obstacle course racing and the way that that has transformed our mindset to have the life that we have now. And I just think that physical fitness is the gateway to professional and personal success. So I appreciate you sharing with our audience the path that you've taken. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.